0: The reason I got into this journey of doing hard things was because it was all part of my healing. It was all part of going and realizing one very important aspect of life. If you want to accomplish something you've never had before, you have to do things you've never done. Hey, what's up everybody? Championship Leadership Podcast. We got Jeremy
1: Newsom in the house here today out of nashville or nashville area
0: what's up brother my man
1: 100
0: mile mindset what's up champion 100
1: mile mindset yes sir um good to see you i uh what jeremy real quick for the listener um introduced through some friends really michael lush chris robinette and uh i have a program called unleash the leader within he's he's graciously come and been a part of that the last couple times. And, and I was like, dude, I got to get you on the podcast because he's an epic man and human. and uh he's he's his heart is one of gold for sure. and um just wanted to be able to share him with our audience. So here he is. Thanks, brother.
0: I'm so stoked, so stoked, thanks, man. It was amazing when you reached out because, i've I've watched and listened to a lot of your episodes with a lot of your other guests, but more than that, uh, just meeting you and knowing you in person and uh, knowing all the tribe that follows you, I'm excited to pour into some of the some of the souls of men who are watching and listening because we we have to grow as a tribe. You know we got to grow we got to heal as a unit. That's the yeah. way that's the way men operate,
1: yeah. And healing do we need to do? like uh, you know, we were talking right before I just did I had this ayahuasca experience in Jeremy has, has been on down that route, not necessarily with ayahuasca, but with some other similar, uh, experiences, I guess we'll say. And, and I, you know, that journey is one of healing and you don't really, man, you don't recognize, or maybe I don't at least number one, we all have a lot of healing to do. (laughs) I don't know if I ever necessarily thought that. And until you go through something like this, you're like, man, we all got some stuff we need to work on. (laughs) And oftentimes it doesn't get done, right? It gets ignored. And then we wonder why we're operating at a certain level or or we're feeling stuck in certain places because we've stuffed down so much stuff from our past that we've never dealt with it, right?
0: Exactly. You know, 100%. Here's the interesting thing. So both men and women, we are battling... Thousands and thousands of years of DNA mm-hmm. because our great, 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 so on and so forth, right? They are the, the way they heal. They don't have electronics. They don't have social media. They don't have really a lot of these outward pressures of any kind. And if they need to go out and heal, dude, they can just leave for two days, yeah. men and women, and just go out into the wilderness and just sit down. Yeah. Because if you survive, You're good. That's that's your job. Like up until like 1600, like if you survive, everything else from there is like a big bonus. (laughs) And uh, they're able to do that. They're able to experience the ease and the simplicity of life. And right now, men are becoming more computer than creature. We have to figure out a way to reverse that trend. As my uh, mentor Zach Hummel has taught me, like we got we got to go out and just just do what men do. Because there is a massive, massive issue right now in the United States of America. This is a crazy fact. 85% of incarcerated individuals have one thing in common. It's not race, obviously. It's not age. It's not economic background. It is, did they grow up with a household that had a father? Yeah, wow. 85% of incarcerated individuals are in a fatherless household growing up.
1: Mm. So... (laughs) That does not that, get talked about enough, right?
0: It doesn't, man. It no. doesn't. And I think the best way to heal this nation is to heal the men, because yeah. when we do yeah. this, when we when we all start stepping up, things begin to change. Because again, whatever eight hundred years ago, if we didn't like something or we felt a certain way, we could just go simply figure this out with physical conquest, and that was it, right? Yeah. Game over, moving on. But now that society has changed in a, in a beautiful way. Men have to find other ways to heal all of that pain from the past. Yeah, right. And you know, it's not
1: the most manly thing to do, heal your your pain and your trauma, right? Like I mean, from a culturistic standpoint. Yeah.
0: yeah i, oh, I what remember- are you doing, I don't
1: know. You're gonna watch the game this weekend, you're gonna drink some beers. No, nah, I'm gonna work, I'm
0: gonna heal my trauma. Bro,
1: <laughs>
0: man, it's so true. Right. It is so true. Um, it, it's incredible, and just the yeah, that stigma. Like I remember clearly, six, seven years ago, making fun internally and verbally of people that yeah. had panic attacks, anxiety attacks, or would go to a therapist. Yeah, right. And I'm like, what? Are, what's your problem, dude? Just go do a few <laughs> right. pushups. You know, right. like, get, yeah. get over it. Yeah, yeah. right. But here's the thing. It's different levels of yeah. healing, right? Because I think that watching the game and drinking some beers is a level of healing, but it's the lowest form. Yeah. It's the smallest. It's called escaping because you can yeah. escape in order to heal, but you're leaving all the challenges. Right. So if, like, if you have, again, going back to that 85% statistic, you have yeah. kids and a wife and you don't want to be there. You just leave. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a, that's a way to, to heal but you're not fixing the problem it's the lowest form it's like if you get a big cut on your arm you're taking dirt and like old water from a a pond that's not moving and pour it in there like you're going to get bacteria and it's going to cause an infection and problems will arise yeah right so it is a way to do it it's just not the most effective or the best way in my personal opinion yeah 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 definitely
1: um what uh? well, why don't you tell the listener a little bit more about your story and, and who you are and kind of what you're up to today? Cause
0: you're up to a lot of yeah. big, great things. So thanks, man. Well, I, I think the reason we got off on that healing step is because a lot of my experience, it started with pain, a lot yeah. of pain. And that's, that's how I learned. So my quick elevator pitch generally is I escaped a cult at the age of 24. I became a liquid millionaire. In my, you escaped the cult? What? You can't skip over that. <laughs> no, hold up. Yeah, man. I uh, I grew up as a Jehovah's Witness. For okay. Yeah. For years. Yes. And I yes. I agree. It's not like one of the scary, terrifying cults that you hear of in like you know different parts of the world, but yeah. it's one where you are totally separated from society. I mean, uh, I, yeah. I grew up in the middle of butt ass nowhere. Yeah. 30 minutes south where they filmed the movie Deliverance. Oh no. In, way. <laughs> in Georgia, yep, um a single wide trailer treehouse with a goodwill couch I, and I used towels that my dad took or stole or borrowed from days in as blankets and sheets, <laughs> yep. you know. It's like yep. no AC, um barely wore shoes. No shirt, jean shorts, one pair. Like that was my life, man. And when when I would go to the, uh, what's called the kingdom hall, that's the place that we met. um, My mom, so my mom was in it and uh, she also just left recently, but that's a whole nother story. But yeah, man, it was really, really intriguing. And you don't know certain aspects of what you don't know, right? Because you're whatever, you're zero to 24. So you're learning and whatever you learn is what you're taught. Yeah, and that's what's intriguing, yeah. right? Yeah. That's what's amazing right. is your your beliefs. Yeah, literally will shape your world. Yeah, and those were the, my beliefs at the time, and so I didn't really know how to challenge those. I didn't know how to awaken. I didn't know how to think creatively. So mm. it's a really, really unique world for me. Uh, but yeah, so I left at the age of 24 and uh, moved up to Nashville, Tennessee, to just kind of get away from everybody. And I became a liquid millionaire uh, in my early 20s. And lost all of it three separate times from three separate crazy incidences. And now I teach current and future world leaders how to actively trade the stock market profitably so that we can all become a force for good in the community. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, which is incredible. And you do yeah. basically for free um, yeah. yep. as well, by the way, which that's on my uh, it's on my list by the way my short list yeah. of things i want to get into this year which is your thank program you, yeah. so thank uh, you we're going to make it happen but uh yeah you you have a powerful story and uh um you also do some really hard difficult physical stuff too so why cuz you know i like to do that stuff i don't know if i like to do it but i do it yeah so maybe i should uh caveat that but uh but yeah talk about how that became a part of what you do and in your world. Cause that wasn't
0: always there no. for you either. No, definitely not. No, you know, what's cool, man. Um, yesterday I thought about this as I, I did a quick little, I this popped in my brain and I, I might do this next year, Monday marathon, uh, marathon Mondays where I run a okay. marathon every Monday. I might do that next year. Yeah. But I, I thought about this at like mile one and a half. I went out and did like a midday 10 K, which is, you know, whatever. Um, and I was like, no one in the world wants to run that first mile. Right. It's the first mile of any yeah. run that you do. Like I'm doing like a 30 minute mile pace. I'm ugly. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking like an extinct white rhino I run, up, <laughs> run, run up and down the road. And it wasn't until I took a few turns where everything starts to get a little bit quieter and the cars go away and it's just me and the yeah. road and a bunch of fog and mist. And I'm like, oh, this is why people run. This is what, so I was like, no one ever wants to do that first step, right? The first step is the hardest. The reason I got into this journey of doing hard things was because it was all part of my healing. It was all part of going and realizing one very important aspect of life. If you want to accomplish something you've never had before, you have to do things you've never done. Mm -hmm. And once I really let that Jim Rohn quote sink into my brain and like really get it, I said to myself, okay, I've never done this, 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 and this, like all these things I've never had in my life. And so at the at the time I'd never had uh, an amazing, incredible relationship that I was super fulfilled by. Like, th- I mean, there was like a bunch of check marks, right? I never had a child there, There's a million things I had never completed or finished. And I wrote down this list of of things I've never done. And for many of you here, it could be like, Maybe I've never run a marathon. Maybe I've never made a million dollars net liquid in my bank account. Maybe I've never had a 40 hour week where I did nothing, no work, or I just, I just spent time with myself and my family. Right. I didn't watch TV. It was just me and the family. So maybe you haven't done that. You start picking things that you've never done and then realize in order to get any of those, you have to, you have to go experience aspects of life that you've never experienced before. So one, I was listening to a podcast. This was in 2019. So this is an early journey, man. This is not that long ago, early 2019, called the Art of Manliness. And Colin O'Brady popped on, who yeah. is a mentor and friend of mine, and I know you know Colin. So Colin, yeah, no, it's, yeah. yeah, yeah. So Colin was talking about this event called 29029, which is where you climb a mountain and you do it the equivalent of Everest. So it's 29,029 feet of vertical elevation gain. And my, I sent my buddy this podcast. I'm like, dude, that sounds insane because you only have 36 hours to do it. I was like, that just seems like the most challenging feat in the world, and it is, by the way, it's up there. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you're wondering, so I signed up. I, I, I signed up because I thought to myself, this seems so impossible, it seems so difficult, it seems such a massive, massive challenge that. This hopefully will give me something that I've never had before in my life. So I went out. This was, again, early 2019. I start training for this. Me and my business partner, Matt DeLong, he comes up with an Excel spreadsheet and says, in order to train for this, we need to climb the Empire State Building worth of stairs every weekend. And then we need to double it every other two weeks. So week one, you do, you know, you go to the Stairmaster and you do one Empire State Building, which is around 45 minutes for most people. Okay. Then the next weekend, two. Then the next weekend, four. Then the next weekend, eight. And because I think, if I remember correctly, it's like equivalent to like 40 or 50 Empire State Buildings. Okay, sure. Yeah. So you had to to work up to it. Yeah, yeah. And at one point, man, we were in the gym for 16 hours.
1: Yeah, damn. 16
0: flipping hours on the damn Stairmaster. Yeah, right. Now, here's what was cool, Nate. I've never been a badass before, bro, ever, yeah, in yeah. my whole life. And then people started coming up to me going, dude, what are you doing on the stair? You were here when I left yesterday, type of yeah. thing. I was like, what yeah, are you yeah. still doing here on the stairmaster?" And I got to tell them and experience it. Yeah. I felt I felt this, like, appreciation for what I'm doing, and then people noticed, and I just loved it. And I really was excited about what else can I do. So long story short, I ended up finishing the race. I ended up completing the first 2902.9. I've since then done two more, so three total. And it was just a great, phenomenal physical experience that showed me what is humanly achievable. Mm -hmm. And most individuals, especially most men, they will never truly accomplish something that they did not think they could because they're afraid of failure. They're afraid of even trying. Yeah. Because if they do not do it, then they're worthless. Their mom won't love them. Their wife won't love yeah. them. They're going to be, yeah. you know, all the things that we don't want to talk about, but it's always true. Yeah. No
1: doubt, man. Yeah, that's a shift to make. Once you make it, it's amazing. But like you said, so many people will never, will never make it right because they're just, mm-hmm. I don't know, silly to tie your self worth to, whether you finish something or not but i suppose you know like it goes back to your story of you only know what you've been trained taught and educated for so long and if you've been trained taught and educated you know whatever it is for that long in your life and you've never sought any other kind of a perspective or you've never even had the courage to question it right uh was Mm -hmm. this this recent not to uh uh mentor guy that i went through ayahuasca with dalton i don't know if you know dalton Locke, but his uh his business partner who have kind of bonded with right and he and we were talking about getting to this place in life where you are come from this place of observance and awareness awareness versus like trying to hold on to things or not wanting to let go of things what he calls like a binary world right it's either just this or that and uh and which just has you kind of in this reaction mode throughout life and, and just stuck in where you're at. So anyway, uh yeah, I don't, maybe that's how, how here's maybe the great question for that is, how could you get through to more men to uh, work through that mental piece to challenge themselves more often and because I think there is a lot to be done, that's why I continue to you know do those hard things, run hundred miles and stuff like that, is because there's so much benefit inside of it. All right, yep. don't necessarily enjoy it. I I do enjoy it when I'm done and I look back. But in the in the in the middle of it, I'm not necessarily enjoying it. You know, I mean, <laughs> this is so great. There's yeah. reasons we come keep coming back because the benefits outweigh everything
0: else. Exactly, man. I mean, the goal is you you do Exactly what we're doing right now is you create and curate information that is simplistic, enjoyable, understandable, and will reach one or two additional people per week or per month that might not have heard it before. And they get inspired enough to do something because back to that list of things i had never accomplished before, things I'd never had in life. I literally wrote down what I had never had, and then I would put down something beside it that I had never done. Hmm. Simple as that. Yeah. And we should all, I mean, we can all do that no matter what level you are on right, right. now in our life, right? So if if you do have that business where you're making a million dollars a year, net like liquid in your bank account, phenomenal, but then you have no time. So like, okay, I got the money thing figured out. So now if I want the time, I want this, this, and this, as it relates to my time, like ultimate time freedom, then I have to go do things that I've never done before. What yeah. are those things? And man, it could be, it could be whatever, right? It could be cage diving right. with sharks. It doesn't matter yeah. what it is, yeah. but you just got to select, okay, I've never done this. And then you go do it. Yeah. So yeah, the way, the way we reach other men is just slowly adapting and bringing a group mindset, just like you do with ULW, right? You bring those men into an experience and you break them down because me and you both know the way to heal men is you have to crush their spirit first, mm-hmm. You have yeah. to break you have to break them and once they're broken, then you rebuild them and the military yep. does an amazing job of that most of the time right
1: yeah
0: so once we do that, once those men go through it, they go tell other individuals, yeah, yeah, simple as that, right they yeah. go out right. and they let their friends know and their buddies know, hey, I just did this or, you, you should do it and yeah. I mean peer pressure <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> it's
0: the way right. that right. most yeah. most things get accomplished that's the way most people buy anything online is they t- you know hey, I did
1: this, you should do this too. Yeah. So. Yeah. What, uh, who are some leaders that you've had in your life and, and more so, like, you know, what what are some things that have really stood out, uh, characteristics of those leaders that, that have helped mold who you are today?
0: I'm going to pick two, uh, both individuals that you're aware of and you're familiar with, and you know, of, but Colin O'Brady and Jesse Itzler. And, uh, I'll focus on Jess Isler for a moment because he's so interesting and, and has really a great character. But his, the number one attribute that stands out to him is vulnerability. Yeah, my, my yeah. dude is a decamillionaire, almost yeah. a billionaire. Right, part owner of the Atlanta Hawks. He's married yeah. to top ten richest women on planet Earth. Yeah, which is right. just a cool. Yeah, it's just a cool thing to mention. Yeah, but. He always talks about their failures. He always talks about their struggles. He doesn't very often talk about all the cool things that he's doing, but he just lets people know, here's what I'm struggling with. Here's what I need help with. Here's what I'm doing incorrectly in life. Uh, A great example is the first time he did an Ironman. He was like, man, I crushed that Ironman. He's like, there's only three things I need to work on. I need to work on the running, the swimming, and the bike. Other than that, like, I nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) and uh he just goes down and just talks a lot about his struggles and and most people are like what do you struggle with dude you have all the money in the world but he has kids yeah so you take you can throw money out the window when you have kids because kids they don't know and they don't care right right they're gonna throw their tantrums just like any other kid no matter how rich your parents are and they're still gonna shit all over the couch at some point like (laughs) it's, it's a guarantee yeah So he goes through those things. And so vulnerability is a great aspect of leadership, in my opinion, because no one wants to be ruled by or led by someone who's perfect and has no flaws because we realize that's not the truth. Then I would say the second thing is his presence. So my man, when he's at an event, he's there. Mm-hmm. Like he is, he is there and you know that they're just like me and you, if we're in an event, we have a million things going on, mm-hmm. but I, that's one of the things that stood out to me the most when you're doing your presentation at ULW is you're like, Hey guys, I got family and I'm leaving them to be here with you mm-hmm. and my phone's over there and they might be texting me or messing me right now, but I'm here in front of you and I'm really going to important to you this weekend. It's about me and you and our journey together. It's like, dude, that presence is like I am giving you my most valuable asset, my time. yeah, you do right. you do that like that I think that's extremely important. So when I do a podcast, especially with a great friend like yourself, my phone's in, in a different room. like it's it's in my living room right yeah. now because I don't yeah. even want it in here because my brain might subconsciously be thinking about it. So I want to be as present as possible. And he taught me a lot about presence. One of the, quotes that I came up with I like a lot is presence is the best present yeah, so if you I want to that. gift yeah. something to someone let it be that yeah. because from uh, back to the the, the man family relationship most dads are always worried about how you know oh I'm not with my kids enough and i not spend enough time with them make the time that you do spend more you right, yeah, don't, right. don't do it with the tv on Right. What most dads, they come home, they do their thing, they come to work and then their time with their kids is at dinner when everyone's scrambling around and on the couch watching a movie. But there's they're not there. Right. -hmm. They're still doing something else. They're still thinking about something else. So instead, take your kids, go outside and just walk. No cell phones, just you and your children, just holding hands, talking. Yeah. Right. One of the things that me and Gabriel, my 13 year old did, is we did uh, farmer carries. So I was like, hey, man, here's the deal. We can't drop these weights. So I gave him two five pounds and I took 25 pounds. and We just walked around the neighborhood and just talked. Yeah. Yeah. His hands are now occupied by something. So he can't be on a cell phone. And yeah, right. When, when us, when us parents talk about how much our kids are on electronics, it's like, dog, they're just watching you. (laughs) No doubt. Yeah. They're just watching you. Like I'm on my computer all the time. And like, he's on his computer a lot. So I get it. Mm hmm. Yeah, man. It's just about it really being there. And so that those are two aspects that I really appreciate from both Colin and Jesse and uh, a lot of other leaders, but I've met them, worked with them, spent time with them, yeah. gone to many of their events, coached with them, texted them, Instagrammed with them. Like, so I've, I've spent a lot of individual time with them and they're really, really great, man, but there's a very, very long list that goes online. with that. For sure. Yeah. No, that's beautiful. What's, um, cause I
1: know you got a few of these. So, uh, I think it's powerful for the listener to be able to hear some of these stories of, you know, the critical moment in your life, kind of that fork in the road for you where you, you did make the decision you did. So you're here today where you are, but had you not be in a very different place, would be in a very different place. And I think mm. we all have those and there's the listener right now is probably in one of those right now. And it's always powerful to hear how others have decided during those times. So is there a moment or two comes up for you?
0: Yeah, I'll talk about one. And it's slightly unfortunate, but it's okay. Uh, One of the quotes I love is you were always one decision away from a completely different life. And for me, about three years ago, I was in a, a relationship with somebody else with another woman. She was amazing, super sweet, super kind. But a few months before that, I was getting coaching with someone else. And when I was getting coaching from that person, she told me to write down my dream relationship, my perfect woman, the perfect partner. Yeah, And I did, I wrote that person down in details, five pages long. Yeah. I submitted to my coach and she said, is this the woman that you're with now? And I said, no. And we were engaged at that point. We were not married, but we were engaged. And I had to break off that engagement and I had to break up that relationship. Mm-hmm. That was a really, really tough decision for two reasons. When you do something to that extent, you are going to be an asshole. You are going to be the bad guy. But there are many men who are listening to this right now that are in that relationship. And it might be, ready for this, it might be with themselves. Yeah. It could be with a boss. It could be with a friend, a family member. You're in a toxic relationship that is dragging you down because proximity is power. The people that you spend your time with is who you become. And when you spend your time with individuals who are broke and don't have a ton of time, you're going to be broke without a ton of time. If you spend your time around individuals who complain a lot and watch a lot of sports, guess what you're going to do? Watch a lot of sports and complain a lot. Who you are is who you spend your time with. And... For me, man, that she was one of the people I spent the majority of my time with, and she is still to this day just a remarkable human being, It's just not for me. It wasn't someone yeah. that I felt that would elevate with me, that would transcend with me, that would do all these crazy, insane, wild, ridiculous physical activities with me. I wanted someone there. They didn't yeah. have to actually necessarily compete with me, but I wanted to, I wanted them to be there and be fully supportive and be able to do those activities if she wanted to. Which yeah. brings me back to right now, my wife, um, Selana, she is doing the next 29029 with me in Jackson, yeah. Wyoming, which is going to be wow. sick. Yeah. yeah, but that's that's, that's awesome. like a dream come true for me, man. And yeah, she's right. she's like, hey, I don't want to do this, but I will do anything for you. Yeah. And when she made that decision, when she made that commitment, I was like, yeah, this is amazing. Because yeah. that's that was the relationship that I had to leave. Right. And that was a huge turning point because you have to make the decision of, one very important aspect. Most men are not selfish enough. They're too selfless. Yeah. They're right. giving away all their resources, time, and energy to other people. Yeah. Kids, wife, people at work. Yeah. And now their their tank is empty and they don't have anything for themselves. And so the way a man can be more selfish is I'll throw a, I'll throw a challenge that almost no man out there will do, but it's so, so worth it. Midday, like midweek, Monday through Friday, one of those work days, take a day off from work, go to a park from 6am to 6pm with a notepad and a pen or pa- or pencil up to you and some water, no cell phone, no nothing. You can tell your family yeah. where you're going, yeah. but you be there and you spend 12 hours in a park doing nothing other than writing. Yeah. Colin O'Brady came out with a book called The 12 Hour Walk. Same principle. Okay. Go out and be selfish, right? Say, hey, family, hey, wife, hey, kids, I need this. I need this for me because if I do this, I'll become a, a better version of myself. I'll yeah. be able to give you more. Same thing with the boss, right? We, we're, just, we're just working for other people and we're constantly giving our, our energy away. But again, 700 years ago, we didn't do that. We went out with our right. friends, with our tribe, with our boys, and we would go hunt something for five or six days and then we would bring it back to the village. Mm hmm. We don't do that anymore. Right. But you're battling thousands of years of that. Yeah. Yeah. And you're yeah. sitting down stagnant all day behind a computer just chipping away at an Excel spreadsheet for $60,000 a year. Yeah. It's a problem. Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's powerful. Um, yeah, if you're in Minnesota, don't go to the park this weekend or <laughs> stay in the car. It's like 10 below right now.
0: <laughs> it, it'll be chilly. It'll be a, ch- a chilly 12 hours. That's for but sure. I love that.
1: So uh, the book, uh, Colin Brady, 12
0: hour what? It's called the 12 hour walk. 12 hour So wow. it, it's a great, it's, it's a great book. And, yeah, but you've done it. So, but, but that's, yeah, why, well, you're, that's why you're, that's why you're a leader, man. Yeah. Right. That's why you're a leader. That's why you are in a position of power and authority because you've done, you've done it. You can tell mm-hmm. people, Hey, here's the belt buckle. I've, yep. I've done this. It wasn't great. I didn't finish first, whatever, but I was there at the finish line. And I proved, I proved something to myself when I could have failed and other men would have made fun of me, even though no, no one ever makes fun of you. No, right. That judgment that we're all afraid of. I mean, maybe it's just me, but I'm, I'm afraid (laughs) of doing something big and then people making fun of me going, Oh, what an idiot. You're so stupid. I can't believe you. Yeah, yeah, For sure. But that never happens.
1: No, it never happens. ever. So yeah. No, if it bro- does, it's from the guy that was literally watching the game on the couch with the fear, <laughs> nowhere near close to doing anything what you were doing. So right, take right. that for what it's worth. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, well, as we wrap this up, is, you know, what's, well, first, maybe quickly, because I think, again, championship leadership, championship leaders have, have great vision, and I uh, know you got a big one So. I'd like you to share that with, with people. Cause you know, it's great to, it's important to have a, a big vision, but also to have courage to take action on it. And and you definitely do that. So maybe you could share real quick with, or, you know, and how I have time, but I'm trying to
0: respect your time. So yeah. no, and totally, However
1: man. fast you want to share that, share that please. If you would. Oh,
0: thanks Nate. No, you're the man dude. Um, For me right now, my goal ultimately is to change the educational system of America. And the way that I've been taught to do big things in a big country is to do those big things in a smaller country, adopt it and then scale it. Mm -hmm. So my goal and focus right now is to bring my educational system into other countries. And so right now I do teach traders or people who have no experience at all. You're at zero with the stock market. You think I have no time, no money, and I'm not smart enough. Those are the people that I teach to become professional day traders. I do it in ninety days, and at the end, Nate, I give them the money to trade with. Yeah, I give them access to one hundred thousand dollar account. Now they have to prove themselves in that account. They have to prove that they've done the right work and they know how to take everything that I've taught them in the previous few weeks. But if they make a ten percent return in that one hundred thousand dollar account, the money becomes real, and then I pay that person U.S. dollars, however they want, wire. Coinbase, PayPal, Venmo, a check. It doesn't matter to me. Yep. I want to, I'm going to bring that to other nations, to other countries and go here, let's do this at scale. Let's do this with a thousand, 10,000, 40,000 people and give them a new career choice. Give mm-hmm. them access to income because if you have access to the internet, now you have access to income and I can teach people from all around the world how to access liquid markets to maybe make $600 a day. And $600 a day times 200 days out of the year is $120,000. That's just the math. Right. I think that's realistic. Now, yeah. if that's too big of a number for some people to comprehend, that's cool. What about $20 a day times yeah. 200 days or $200 a day times 200 days a year? $200 a day times 200 days is $40,000 US dollars. That's the second income for some individuals. The big, big deal, man. So that's yeah, my goal is sure. to bring that. And then once I can start doing that at larger of a scale, being able to do it here in the US and teach, go through the school systems and really upgrade where we are at so that we our kids can start to truly, truly learn communication skills, income skills, how to create wealth rather than to work for wealth. It's an entirely different concept. It's a different mindset. And yeah. I do absolutely believe that if enough people have the experience and the background in order to do it, then they will be able to teach others how to, and it can be a totally different world 20 years from now versus where we are presently. Have you ever thought of opening your own school? I, I have. I have. Yeah, man. Um, I've have thought you, about.
1: Are you familiar with Tim Kennedy? He's doing that right now. I know Tim Kennedy. He, yeah. He's the uh, the online marketer, right? Now, Tim, you're thinking maybe Dan Kennedy. Uh, Tim Kennedy is a former UFC fighter, special forces operator, lives in Austin. Um, Yeah, mixed martial
0: artist. Shoot, I'm gonna send him a message so we get done. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) that's amazing. That's incredible. Yeah, Yeah. but that's exactly right, man. Like having people like that know how to do it, right? Create courses on how to build schools, charter schools, pay our teachers more, get more security. I would love to eliminate school shootings so that it just does not happen here in the yeah, US. No I think that is I think that's a simple money problem, man. I think money can yeah. fix that problem. Yeah. I know that sounds insane, but there's no school, there's no shootings at police stations. Right. Right. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I think money can yeah. solve this issue. Yeah. So long, long story short, really making some type of dent or impact so that people like myself can learn at a more accelerated rate because I'm not the smartest. French fry and the happy meal. I'm really not. My, my IQ is below average. I'm I'm sitting around 85 at best. So I need to learn in a certain way as well. And yeah. I don't think most individuals here in the U S are taught the way that we need to learn.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Thank you for doing that. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. What's, what's the best way people can um, go, go to get more Jamie Newsome in their life. Or what <laughs>
0: Man, um, best way, just reach out to me on social media. Uh, I have a really amazing team that will make sure that your messages get read and forwarded to me, and I will reply. I reply to all messages that are sincere and genuine and real. There's a lot of robots out there. But, I mean, jeremynewsome.com, my first name is spelled with two R's because it stands for Jerry and me, Jeremy. So Jerry was my dad's name. Yeah. Um, So jeremynewsome.com, my stock market education website is real life trading.com. But yeah, just Google me, pop me up on YouTube. Totally. Just shoot me a message and I will respond faster than you think I would.
1: Yeah. Well, I appreciate you, brother. Thank you so yeah, much. Man. Uh, awesome conversation. And if you want more of what Jeremy Newsom just brought to the show and, 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 uh, just don't go anywhere. Stay right here. Cause we got
0: more incredible guests coming. So thank you, brother. Love you, man. You yeah, the man. Love you too.